It's good to see you. Hallelujah. Got a good lesson. We're going to let our classes go back and, and appreciate our Sunday school department. Thank God for all of our Sunday school teachers. Amen. Let's give them all a good hand here this morning. Have you prayed for your Sunday school teachers? Have you prayed for your children that's going back? Man, that God would anoint the teachers and the students. This is the most important hour. And one of the most important hours of their lives every week. Is to come to the house of God and go in Sunday school rooms and to uh, hear the word of God. What an awesome responsibility lies upon the shoulders of our Sunday school department to take this moment a man to try to plant the seed of God's word into the heart of the soul and the mind of our children and and with truth not doctrines of men man doctrines of men has got us in trouble but uh, to study to show ourselves approved unto God man why because a judgment day is coming a judgment day coming judgment comes every day you and I make choices and we we for whatever it might be it depends on what that decision is and what all it can uh, consist of whether or not how, how severe the judgment that could be good or bad you make good good decisions you know what you benefit from that okay make bad decisions bad choices then you reap the benefits of that likewise and um, but you have made the choice to come and be in service with us and to worship the Lord and to hear his word. And we're so thankful. Uh, I know they enjoyed yesterday evening. The Ferguson Farm had a good showing, a good outcome. Enjoyed a man time of celebrating there. Amen. It's good to see all of you here today. Got a good lesson. Got a powerful lesson. Seven chapters of the writings of Micah. Uh, it's actually astounding to me as I have read all these chapters and uh, a number of times in the last few days. And all that um, we hear out of Micah. And um, the impact that he's trying to have upon those that he has written to and that he voiced to. Amen. Being Israel and Judah, most of it to Judah, most of it, amen, to the city of Jerusalem. And uh, we're actually going to preach to a certain degree out of this, this this morning and probably come back again tonight and pull some, amen, from these same writings here. And um, so we want the Lord to help us, the Lord to inspire us and to quicken us. I haven't got away from Wednesday night what the Lord had impressed me with about beware. Beware. We need to be aware of the times we're in. We need to be aware of the season and uh, what's, what's available. Not, not what all that we're exposed to from the enemy and from the, the uh, power of the spirit of iniquity. But at the same time, God help us to make sure that uh, we don't miss his visitations. Uh, not just in the house of God, but on a daily basis. How many of you believe that God wants to speak to you daily? How many of you believe that God supplies your every need? Amen. That, 
that uh, without him, without him, we could not accomplish or achieve what we do. The Bible is very plain. We live and move and have our being by him. You couldn't put one foot in front of the other. But for God and his mercy and grace and his hand and favor upon us. His hand and favor is still upon our nation at this present time and even upon this world. And none of these countries, regardless of how awesome they may feel they are, and all the resources they claim to have, by the way, they don't own none of them. <laughs> it may be under what they have a title of a property, but they didn't create that earth, and neither did they create what's under it or above it. Amen. God did. God can cause anything to dry up anytime he gets ready. You know, they can make this big strike that we've got billions and billions of oil and go back a little later on, and it's just, where'd it go? Our God could take, well, it's not a whole lot there. I'll tell you what, though, let's tap into it and just see. All of a sudden, man, it just keeps pumping, just keeps pumping, it just keeps pumping. Living well. He promised us even that you and I as earthen vessels become whales. Living whales. By him. Through him. And as we fall in love with him. And we fall in love with his book. With this word. We fall in love with the instructions. The guidance of it. Lord has quickened me this week about a message. And we'll preach it sometime. How many ever has put anything together? Bicycle, swing set. And your, your preference, instead of reading all them instructions, you like to spin a box around and look at the picture. Man, I'm that way. I, I love a visual. But you know what? God gave me a little message. You and I are the only visual that some of them folks are ever going to see. They're never going to read the instruction book until they see a visual. But if they ever see a visual in operation in obedience to the instruction book, you know what? It'll create a hunger in them. Say, you know what? I think I shall read the same manual they're reading. I, I'm going to achieve and accomplish that. It's nothing like it. That's what I want this church to be in this community. A picture of Jesus Christ. He is the pattern. He's the example that we set out to follow. To be like Amen. He is the hero. He is the chief cornerstone. And I know it, we went through a stage here some time back and putting on little bands and things of that nature. What would Jesus do? They tried to curve the response of people in certain events and things of that nature, especially when pressure's on, especially when you're being challenged and facing possibly fear, possibly death, or just a struggle or whatever. Amen. And uh, so what would Jesus do? As we look at this lesson, the God of our salvation. Have you got confidence in the God of your salvation this morning? Man, do you, you believe in what? Have you been persuaded? Have we been persuaded? Amen. That this is it. Amen. That there's no other. Amen. I got all the confidence in the world. And, and there's no doubt in my mind or heart and spirit to, that I have attained salvation. Salvation, another term for salvation is deliverance. Deliverance. Amen. And that's the reason the Bible has taught us that he that his son is set free is free indeed. Amen. That's the reason if we'll, as, as Brother Ford mentioned about the sons of God, the powers, sons of God. And we serve him and we walk after his will. By the baptism of the Holy Ghost and out of obedience, we can live lives that are pleasing 
unto God. That's, that's what it's about. We never dress this way, amen, to please us or any other man. And that you can put me top on the list. Don't you ever dress this way to please this man. Amen. Be convicted of God. Be convicted by the manual book. Let, let this and by the preaching of the word and by the power of the Holy Ghost convict our hearts. And from that, amen, we, we conduct ourselves and give ourselves. And we draw those lines. We are determined. I'm going to tell you there are some outside boundaries that are must. If you're going to be a part of the kingdom, if you're going to be in the kingdom, you've got to get inside those boundaries. And then there's boundaries inside that and different assemblies and places of that nature. And amen to, for the gospel's sake and for the unity's sake. Amen. Hallelujah. We, we draw these lines. Amen. Praise God. And sometimes those lines are drawn in a little tighter than other places. And you know what? I have to leave some of that up to God. I do know this much. I played enough ball. Amen. That um, you, you can be at hive court. But if your foot's on, the out, on, on that line. You can make 10 out of 10 from high court. Burn the bottom of that net. Just set it on fire. But the scoreboard won't change. Everybody look at you like you're an idiot. You got to get your foot in, man. <laughs> got to get it all in. Got to get it all inside the boundaries. That includes the heart, the mind, and the soul. I thought as Brother Ford was making mention about the leprosy, the guy that turned back. And uh, the effects of sin, uh, the outcome of it. The Bible promised us the renewing of the mind, and the heart, and the spirit. In fact, it can be renewed daily. So where sin has messed up your mind, where sin has messed up your heart, where sin has messed up your spirit, even where at times when it, it leads iniquity, I mean iniquity, if it leads you far enough, it starts showing up on the outside. It'll start leaving scars on the outside. It'll start leaving you mangled and, and it's obvious. Amen. And God can heal all of them. But watch this. If he never heals none of them, that's outwardly. Some of you have had maybe accidents because you're under the influence of the wrong element. Amen. And, and, and you got a scar to show that. And some of you are bearing scars because of the someone else was under that element. Amen. And caused you to be scarred. And you, you, you know, and God could, God can heal those. I'm not limiting him, but I'm gonna tell you what he will do. He will heal. There's no if and ands and babies about this one, buddy. He will heal the mind, the heart, and the spirit. If you open up to him and let him, you can't always go back to that incident. And I don't know why I'm on this, but but I'm on it. Amen. You can't always go back to that. That's like going back, well, that's how I was raised. Or I was this. And they done this. And they done that. No, I become a new creation. Amen. And that don't have the effect on me now. No. Amen. I may have some scars, literally, that I can show from it. But it don't affect me. It don't scar me in my spirit. It don't scar me in my way of thinking. It don't scar me in the way that how I respond to life and the surroundings around me. Or toward individuals either. I preach in case y'all don't know it. Just in case. <laughs> Praise God. There's, nobody can make us whole like Jesus Christ and the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Nobody can make us an overcomer like he can. Everything else is sinking sand. Everything else is going to come up short and fail. But I'm telling you, Jesus Christ won't. And the word of God's not. 
So as we, we go into this lesson here today and uh, begin to really observe, and uh, I know I've got a lot I want to try to cover, and I'm going to do my best, and uh, we'll just see what's going to happen here. The focus thought, God will give salvation and deliverance. And deliverance. It's not God's will for, for people that claim the Holy Ghost and claim salvation and still hold on to bondage. Or allow bondage to hold on to you. To manipulate or control. See, that's the reason you can't be a servant of sin and a servant of God. It's the reason you can't serve carnality and serve the Spirit. Can't serve two masters. God's a jealous God, but but I'm gonna tell you something. He didn't lead us to try to handle this by ourselves. If that had been the case, there'd have never been a New Testament. All we'd had to have was the Old Testament. The law was righteous. But nothing wrong with the law. But the problem was the weakness of flesh. So God done, you know what God done? He robed himself in flesh. And condemn sin in flesh. You know sin. Because why? The wages of sin is death. That's the reason the grave couldn't hold him. And now through him, you and I can also conquer it. And so, as we watch this, it's, it's going to be it's going to be something. Watch this. Therefore, I will look unto the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God, my God will hear me. I don't have no questions. I don't have no doubts about that. <laughs> Amen. You know, the devil will play with you. Your, your flesh will play with you. Because you don't see response in the time that you might feel like. In fact, you know, we ought to be surprised when God hasn't responded. You tell him that. Now, you can judge me for this if you want to. I don't care. And I, I didn't realize I was going to say this. I'm saying this morning. But I'm going to say it. This, this week, I told God again. I said, God, I don't quite understand. Because I said, I knew that my brother was supposed to come back down more road. And I, I'm, I'm standing on that. Now, you do with what you want to, and everybody else can too. I don't know the blunder. I don't know what. But I know what I know. I know what I know. And it surprised me that he didn't. It surprised me that he didn't. And so, when you persuade it, and Brother Ford hit on his son, Tom and Paul, that's the reason he didn't struggle with death. He didn't fear death. He, he was persuaded. He was sold out. He knew from departing this body, I'm going to be with Christ. Y'all going to do me a favor. It's kind of like the rabbit. Yeah, throw me that briar patch, man. <laughs> Shot my head off, man. You're doing me a favor. Well, that takes the glory out of people that's trying to persecute you. That takes the glory out of the devil. That takes the fight. That causes him. Watch this. This pandemic is causing a fear to grip our nation and our world. But it shouldn't creep into the church. 
should creep into God-believing, God-serving people. Because either way, I'm a winner. I'm a winner. Either way, I got a, it's a done deal. He going to kill me or take me. So, we, we got to be persuaded of who we're serving. I, I noticed in the youth camp, the first two nights, the speaker uh, was different than the one of the last night, the last three nights. And the first night, or the pose he preached unto our youth, and he made this statement to him. He said, I feel real strong to tell you this. He said, You need to understand who you are and whose you are. Okay? And we all preached that night and the following night. Wednesday night, the Cody Marks got there. And just in a few minutes of his starting of the preaching, he said, I feel real strong to tell you, youth. And he done mention. He said, hey, I had not listen to any of the messages. He said, I don't know. I said, I'm just, I, I know everybody's done a good job. And he went on like that. And, you know, because they all try to, you know, encourage one another, whatever. And, um, but he said, uh, but youth, he said, I really feel impressed to tell you, you need to know who you are and whose you are. Brother Young, uh, Ballinger was sitting right in front of me almost every night, him and his wife, and uh, he turned around and looked at me. Ain't no doubt. I said, God's in this thing. So, so God knows. He sees, and, and he's working for us. Even when he has to use the rod of correction. And you know what shocks most people is the rod that God uses. The method that God will use. And even to how extreme that God may allow it to go. <laughs> I can already tell you, you're getting a little tense on me. <laughs> Praise God. But it's still the book. It's still here. It's still something we're going to deal with. And, and folks, that hadn't changed. I know we're in the hour of grace and truth. And, and Jesus Christ brought it to the fullness. Has anybody ever been chastised by God and you knew you were chastised? Have you ever chastised one of them little ones and they thought they were screaming and hollering and doing like you was killing them? And you tell them, I ain't going to kill you. I'm just going to get you close. <laughs> Why was you doing that? It wasn't because they was obeying. They might have been, but the wrong voice. The wrong instructor. It wasn't, it wasn't because they was submitted their will to your will. But it was because, amen, they was unwilling to submit their will. They had submitted it, but to the wrong one. And so that same principle... Operates and works in the same manner and same form. That doesn't change because we turn 20. Daddy may not whip you and you may not run around like that. But this heavenly father can whip it. Doesn't matter how big you are. How bad you think you are. This heavenly father can whip us. I'm going to tell you something. He does it out of love. And so we're going to see something in these chapters here today. Tonight. Amen. 
from a God that really loves us. I was, I was almost taken back. I read some of the scriptures of the time that Micah, of the government, and of the so-called religious leadership of his day that was so parallel to ours. It's there. So, this helps us to understand some things that is happening, that's taking place. Now, the church, best thing to do is to let the word of God, let the Holy Ghost shine in here first. And to say, God, if, if there's something, and we know most of the time, we know how faithful we've been. We know. And uh, so we want to do what God wants us to do. Okay. So God's accusation against his people. You're going to notice, and uh, the, the writer didn't really, he, he doesn't really bring it out for us in that play. He, he kind of brings this out because he talks about the injustice of our worlds or many the solutions that need it. But when a person goes to a doctor with a problem, he is not satisfied to want just to have only a prognosis, but what he wants to diagnose is he wants to be treated. Have you walked in there and the doctor says, well, what can I do for you today? Well, I just come by to see you, doc, to be honest with you. No, no, no. But you've got to begin to expound to him, uh, explain to him, amen, that you're hurting here, hurting that. You know, I've heard a lot of people say, you're the doctor, you tell me. Well, you've got to give him something to go off. He's not God. He is a doctor. I mean, he's got to have some symptoms. I mean, it could be you got an ingrown toenail, but he said, just cut your ear off. Maybe that'll solve your problem. <laughs> I'm guessing at this, so I'm going to take a good guess. Whop. God, give me a message about that, too. We're living in a generation that needs to have an experience after what Peter done. Because you're going to need to have an ear to hear what the Spirit's got to say. And that ear's got to be touched and anointed by none other but Jesus. Amen. Tell you, God's walking on this old boy. I want to hear it. But I don't want to be a... This is another message. I don't want to be just a hearer. I want to be a doer. Because there's a difference. There's a difference. And I don't want to just be a facade. And I don't want it to be just because so-and-so showed up. I want to come here and worship God on a Wednesday night, do like a Sunday morning or a Sunday night. I don't care who's preaching. I don't care who's singing. I don't care who's here and who's not here. I do care who's not here. I understand that. But it's not going to rob me of my responsibility to love and worship and create an atmosphere for those that are here. I still got the awesome responsibility if there had been two here this morning or if there had been 2,000. The two is just important to feed give instructions to lead to green pastures and steel waters as though they would have been 2,000. I believe we, if we approach every service as though it's, 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 it's the same attitude and the same spirit as though we approach the big services. I just wonder what would happen. I wonder what would take place. Okay, I'm going to try to quit jumping rabbits. Stay with this. So as, as we watch this, Injustice, that's, that's, that's where he kind of starts at, and he, he deals with it. I still don't have a battery, and I, I just thought about it. I don't have a watch, so I, 
Y'all just had to help me out. I'm going to get it sooner or later. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Praise God. Y'all help me. So as we look here at, at the, the book of Micah and the attention of the, the spiritual problem. Let, let me say this. Stuff you see outward, external. That's products of spiritual problems. I don't care what it is. Behavior, characters, attitude, uh, it's spiritual problems. It's the real root of the problem. Okay? There's certain things that this nation, and, and you can be on whatever side you want to, but we can change a flag every month, but there's some, some of them's attitude and spirit because it never changes the heart. We never change them. I'm not pro or against the flag. I'm just simply telling you that just changing the flag. <laughs> it's got to be a change of heart. Because when you get a real change of the heart, a lot of this other stuff that we feel like is a big deal is not a big deal. It's really not. Because we look beyond that. Because a soul doesn't know any color. Okay? And everybody that's an earthen vessel on this earth is a soul. And the color of their skin shouldn't disqualify them from hearing the gospel and seeing a picture of Jesus Christ. They may not speak like us, may not look like us. But if they make contact with us, then we, we have the obligation, responsibility to sow in the seed. Sometimes it can just be, well, I'm trying to. So as we watch some of this, and, and Lord knows, I'm, I'm going to go to, um, Mike, I want to go. Uh, I'd like to start with the second chapter. That's what he done. Uh, and uh, for time's sake, I would like to do that. But, uh, but for injustice, to really understand why. Why are we starting this lesson with injustice? Haven't you ever feel that God done you an injustice? I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't raise my hand either. <laughs> Praise God. How many's ever got frustrated with God because he didn't show up and do something like he wanted him to when you thought he should have? Now, I done made a little confession there, so that ought to give you a little relief. Okay? <laughs> Folks, I'm just I'm telling you, I just don't have to do nothing just to be open anymore and just be honest. We're just earthen vessels because I'm going to tell you something. If we'll ever get to the place where we're real honest with God and honest with one another, God will do things that we couldn't do. That's what his mercy is all about. That's what his mercy is all about. I, I stepped away from that, but let me come back to my mind. Let me, the point I was going to make about the, the leopards guy, the nine that went on to the chief, but the one that turned around and he gave praise. Huh. And he humbled himself and received a complete healing. <laughs> I am what I am. By his grace. Not only have I been delivered out of the miry clay, but it's his grace and mercy that walks with me every day that keeps me out of that ditch. It's called obedience. Obedience. Obedience is, is, is very important. So the writer begins to tell us as we look at it, even in the first Verse, all that we really get. Now, I want you to notice something. And I'm not against this, but I'm not near as big in it as some. 
I'm not real big in all this hurrah of man. Okay. And, and you, can, you can mark me for that if you want to. You can X me for that. I don't, that's fine. I understand. Okay. But Micah is kind of like Amos. All we get about Micah is his geographical location. That's it. About 25 miles southwest from Jerusalem. You don't hear anything else about Micah. You don't hear about his mom and dad. You don't hear anything else. Uh, that's it. First verse. That's all it's mentioned. Here's where he's coming from. And then he's coming to Jerusalem. And uh, he's going to write to them, speak to them what God had given him for them at that time and their lives and their condition and why they was experiencing and going through some things that they was going through. You see that in the very first verse, amen. Moraseth, I, I think is how you pronounce that. Now, he gives us the instructions that he's doing the days. Watch this. Jovan, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, the kings of Judah. And, and we know that, hey, he, he was last three kings. So there is a pretty, pretty period of time, amen, that he deals and he operates and, uh, during this time. He begins to call on them. He says, notice how he, in the second verse he said, hear all ye people, even those on the earth. He said, I want everybody to hear this. Amen. The witness against you, the Lord from his holy temple. God's witness against you. you. We're going to watch this. In fact, when you get to the sixth chapter, and I won't do that right now. Maybe we'll get to it later. Amen. It's almost like a court setting, a courtroom setting that God's calling them into. And um, all said, now we know. We know is when we come here. Amen. The Bible told us that judgment, where's judgment really start? At the house of God. You know, if we as a nation and as a people uh, and as disciples of Jesus Christ as a whole, I'm talking about as a whole, a man would, uh, would, would walk as what's in the word of God, a man in true judgment in the house of God and, and allow that to take place. You'd, we could almost close down the courtrooms. We really could. We'd be shocked. Amen. We'd be near the cases over there. In fact, Paul went as far as don't for none of us as believers to carry ours to the, to the worldly courts. He actually put it on us and said, y'all not wise enough. Don't have enough Holy Ghost, enough the word of God that y'all can't work this thing out. And sometimes you can't. Sometimes you got to let it. You know? <laughs> y'all liking this, ain't you? Praise God. So... He begins to talk about when God cometh and uh, out of his place and as he comes down and, and begins to talk about the mountains shall be molded. They're going to be The valleys are going to be split. God begins to move. And uh, again, Brother Ford mentioned about the mountains. to speak to that mountain. You know, and, and you know what? There's going to come a time when these mountains are literally are going to be moved. This earth. They some tell believes this earth is going to actually shift and come back in together. They tell us, somebody's been to college says that you can actually take all the earth and move it around and bring it back and make it whole. Every land touching. All the lands. Unity. Unity, folks. Paul's writings in Corinthians talks about how even the earth groans and moans for the coming of the Lord. 
You see, we're all pursuing a city. We're all pursuing a place. There be no, no sin, no devil, no strife. What brings tears? Real, I'm talking about real tears. I'm talking about hurt from tears. Not joyful, but hurt. We're going to a city where we promise that none of this exists. And you're going to notice something. The writers of Micah here. He points out two cities. Because these cities is where the problem's at. It's where this began to the issue and the setting up. And those that set up in these cities. And that ruled in these cities. So as you watch him here. It's the next he says, for the transgression of Jacob, of Jacob, Jacob, we know is Israel, is all this. And for the sins of the house of Israel, what is the transgressions of Jacob? Is it not Samaria? That city should have never been set up. That city should have never existed. And especially to represent what it represented. What's were some of the most wickedness of our day today? They talk about New Orleans, Bourbon Street. And I've never been on it. I don't know anything about it. I know this much. Young Brother Alviar comes and his, his wife was actually delivered. She was a devil worshiper. If I'm not mistaken, she was actually demonically possessed. And she was delivered and brought out of that. And she says, New Orleans is one of the cities that you can actually feel those demonic powers in that city. So, we see here. Said, so what are the high places of Judah? Notice what he says. The high places of Judah, are they not Jerusalem? You see, the devil wants to set on these high places. Paul comes along and helps us understand this. Wickedness in what? High places. Rulers of darkness. That's the reason it is important who's, who's our president, our vice presidents, and the administration and those they set up to guide us and what they believe and the lifestyles. And, and, and so all, all this starts playing in. All this, we start getting an understanding. That's the reason it's important, these big cities, who's their mayor and, and what he believes in and his, his conduct, what he feeds, the spirit of iniquity. It's like other spirits. I'm telling you, you quit putting wood. If you quit giving in to it, it will die. But if a nation turns herself over to it, and she begins to use it and gives herself to it, to, especially to, to gain things. As he goes on through this, I'm, I'm, I'm tying some dots together. You watch this. He begins to talk about the graven images and the beaten... Uh, to, uh, uh, shall it be beaten to pieces and all the hires and, and the burnt with fire and the idols and uh, lay desolate and all come out to judgment. And I would watch this. For she gathered it of the hire of a harlot. And they shall return to the hire of a harlot. Therefore I will, I will wail and howl and I will strip and make it naked. I will strip it down. I will make a wailing 
like the dragons and mornings as, as the owls. For a wound is incurable, for it is come unto Judah. It is come unto the gate of my people, even to Jerusalem. It's, it's sin, the iniquity, the, un, the, the rebellion, the, the disobedience. That has even in my city called Jerusalem, the place that God said, this is my city. This is where I'm going to sit. Church got to tell us something this morning. You and I, were the bride. But if we think we're exempt from the, the temptations... And the, the enemy trying to soothe things and slip in. And we're kidding ourselves. Huh. From that, he begins from that down to the next city. He names several cities. He begins to tell them when this judgment comes. He said, there's going to be no place to hide. All these cities are going to. Most of the time, a lot of people miss this. Sodom and Gomorrah. Amen. The judgment came down on Sodom and Gomorrah. But you know, there was other cities involved in that. There was. Now, we, most time we just like Sodom and Gomorrah. But there's some more. So, we, we're watching the reason why uh, they, they felt like they felt and, and, and they responded like they did. And he, and he talks about how he's going to uh, make them ball and, and how he's going to pull them. Amen. Of the delicate children, enlarge the baldness as the eagle, and they are gone into captivity from the here. And uh, the children, you know, we, we made the statements. There's, uh, we can say what we want to. There's certain areas of our community, amen. If children are raised in those areas, their chances drop real low of ha have living overcoming lives, living free from the effects of drugs. To, to live free from the effects of alcohol and to live free from the effects and, and understand something. These are elements that the devil uses, amen, to fulfill his purpose. Amen. And, and what he desires to happen to you and I as an individual. Because he wants every soul in this house and every soul that's across these airways. He wants it. He wants to pollute it. He wants to destroy it. That's his heartbeat. That's his passion. That's his drive. As much as God wants to save the world. Amen. And I'm telling you, that's when he wrote himself. So God so loved the world. Amen. And God's got a plan to save the world. But you know what? We got to hear the plan and, and then we got to submit and become obedient to that plan. That we might be saved. And so then he picks up in the second chapter here. And I know it took a little time to get here. Woe. Now we understand when you begin to talk about woe. This caused grief and misery and affliction. Woe. Woe unto. Watch this. Woe to them that what? Device iniquity. Boy. This is a lot closer than you might think sometimes. Some of the spiritual... That you and I fighting today. We didn't have to fight 50 years ago. They were in California. They were sucked up in those casinos. And prostitution. Gambling. And all of that disobedience. And living in sin and darkness creates it. And it builds. And it increases. But you know what? Even the good old Mississippi. Got a governor in here because we want more money. It's all about money at whatever cost. And so many times it slips in and catches everybody a little blind. Not quite unless you know truth. 
So they just, I tell you what, we won't bring them on land. We'll just put them in the water in the casinos. We'll just put them in the water. We won't put them on land. <laughs> but now, today, they're on the land. And see, that's just the way iniquity works. That's the way the devil works. Amen. One office at a time. One family at a time. One episode after another. He just keeps slipping in. There's some sitting in this house this morning never dreamed that you'd drive in Loosedale, Mississippi and see the cans of Budweiser and all the others in your stores that you can purchase in Loosedale, Mississippi. You never dreamed that you'd walk in Loosedale, Mississippi and sit and go to a restaurant and sit down and you could. It's going to have its effects. It's going to have its effects, buddy. It might bring in a little money, but it's going to cost us more than what that money can bring us. Jesus Christ himself said, if you can gain the whole world, but if you lose your soul, what have you gained? I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's far better off to make sacrifice and live like purpose from, from one day to the next. Amen. And be righteous and right with God. Now the favor, the blessing of God. Because you watch it. When you live for God and you sell it, God, he's going to bless you. He'll feed you when the rest of the world is starving to death. The rest of the world is under famine. God help me today, folks. I'm going to tell you. Because we're, we're, we're in a famine of the spirit as much as the food. But we've been in a famine for the spirit for a while. But it's making its way to our food, folks. You hear me? It's making its way. It won't always stay spiritual. It's going to show up, man, in the natural. It's going to show up in the reality of it. Even, even in our day and time. And the more that we reject the Holy Ghost. And we push it off. And we don't let it operate in our lives. Amen. It's going to come a time. Amen. God's going to start shutting windows. And God's going to start shutting down, things down. And some people. Amen. All of a sudden now. In the last year until two years. That, that, that's become more of a reality. Hasn't it? That's become more true to us. Hallelujah. You know what? God can't shut this thing down. God can. Amen. Amen. To put this thing on the axis. Amen. And stop it. Then what we're going to do? Where we're going to turn? Who we're going to call on? It's, it's so, woe to them that device iniquity and work evil upon their beds. When the morning gets light, they practice it. They on the bedtime and man, they think about it and ponder it and and. How can I obtain more? How can I receive more? I got, I got this laid up. I got that laid up. But I want this and I want that. It's kind of like Ahab. Remember now. Ahab wanted what? I want Nabal's vineyard because it's next to mine. But Nabal said it's not for sale. It's not for trade. If you want to give me ten vineyards twice the size. Business wise, everybody said, man, I'll sell out. I, you know what? There's some things... Uh, if I was in leadership, number one, United States soil would not be sold to a foreign country for no reason under the sun. And if anybody tried to do that, I'd put treason against them and put them in jail. Hmm. I tell you so much has aggravated me in all this. And I don't know enough about it. Maybe I ought not say this statement. But I wouldn't let these, these automobile places, amen, have, have machines, have trucks and cars and all that and don't have a chip to put in them. So you got to make your own chip, dog. Don't you depend on China. I'm telling you, we're getting in trouble, folks. Hmm. China's not a God-believing folks. But man, we're giving. We're just, we're building them up. We, we. See, 
See, all look at is money stuff. We look at it as a spiritual thing. So that's what's happening here. They practice it when it got light, when it got where they could see. They begin to practice it because it is in the power of their hand, their position, to take advantage, to overcome. He says, they covet fields and take them by violence. They just take them. They just falsely, because I'm big enough. <laughs> I'm watching us slip back. We can say what we want to. And again, I know this is a topic. And <laughs> but if we're going to slip back, we're going to strap on the guns and go back to the old west, you know. You know what? The courtrooms is not any different. They not, it's not who's the, who's the fast drawer. It's who's got the silver tongue. That's what it's all about. And all of that's about money. If we're not careful, we'll get caught up in some of that. So they began to... So they took them by violence. They took houses... And they take them away. So they oppress a man and his house. Amen. That means they arrest him. They, they, they take it from him. They, they, even a man and his heritage. Understand the real of this. The real culprit behind this. Who's driving them? This injustice. And these type of acts. Who's putting that, that greed in them? Kind of like the guy said, amen. He said, I, I don't want to own a whole lot of land. I just want everything that joins me. <laughs> That's pretty well all of it, isn't it? <laughs> you see, the devil's wanting things that doesn't belong to him. He messed up, but he wants everybody else to mess up. Lord, help me right here now. That's the reason if we're not careful, if we don't really repent, if we don't have a real godly sorrow and fall in love with God and his statutes and commandments and principles, especially of righteousness and holiness, we'll look for an avenue that doesn't demand that. We'll look for a place to worship and a place, amen, that'll tell you, oh, you all right? You're good at it, me? That's the reason America's in the spiritual mess she's in. You know what? It was probably a trick of the enemy way back there even. When he wanted to separate the church and the government. Because if the church could always been a voice in the government. Our government wouldn't be in here in the mess she's in. If the church, a man, and this book could always had a voice. <laughs> In governing us and making laws. There's a lot of things that we're squabbling over and fighting over today that wouldn't even be an issue. So when you look at Psalms 75 and 7, what's God trying to do? He's a voice. He's trying to speak. He's trying to get our attention. He's trying to... But God is what? God 
is the judge. He putteth down one and he setteth up another. God is judge. He's the judge. He's the one. I want to be careful what I say here. Because sometimes God allows things to happen because it was the will of the people more than the will of God. I understand we're serving a sovereign God. But at the same time, the fall that was in the garden, a lot of people missed something. The devil was right when he told Eve. He said, you'll become as gods as us. And that it gives you the power to choose. You can choose good. Or you can choose bad. But there's one thing about it. Now here's the sovereign part of God. It's going to be a judgment day. And everybody's going to give an account. For the deeds that's done in their bodies. All the secrets are going to be shouted from the housetop. Everything. So with... With this understanding, and I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, but with this understanding, you and I as disciples of Jesus Christ, and we obey his word, regardless of what accusations comes against us, regardless of what fiery darts the enemy shoots, and possibly even score at times, we can be assured of one thing. Nobody's getting by with nothing. And if they don't repent and get it right, then they're going to have to give an account. Because nobody's getting by. And so, as you watch this, the whole 4,000 years, and, and Micah, and all these prophets, and what it's about, that's what it's about. It's about judgment. It's about a day's coming. It's about an hour coming. And, and so we realize, we understand how important it is for you and I. I'm going to read portions of our lesson. I hope we're not in a hurry this morning, if you don't mind. Just, it is not uncommon for, for loving parents to... Be partially, well, watch this. I'm, I'm reading this now. I didn't, this is not mine, okay? <laughs> it is not uncommon for loving parents to be partially blind to the misdeeds of their children. Perhaps we are all guilty of allowing love to blind us. But God, whose love for us is far greater than our love for our children, does not allow his love to blind him. Against the misdeeds of his people. Okay. What is he saying? God is not going to turn a blinded eye. Even his own. If they walk contrary. And conduct themselves in an ungodly fashion. Now thank God. And this is full of it. His mercy that we can repent. We can confess we can go to the New Testament. Thank God we have an advocate with the Father. We confess and we can get it right. Times whenever we do it on purpose. And we do it sometimes. And times when it was just a weak moment or whatever. Sometimes just the flesh. But we still have one if we're willing to repent. But I'm going to tell you something. We can't just cover it up. We can't just say, well, I got them genes from my daddy. You got a new daddy. You got a new daddy. You become a new creation. Boy, I'm, 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 I'm cutting deep today. I know it. I'm not. But I refuse just to be another church on the side of the road. 
I refused. I refused to not have the, the presence of God and the power of God in this place that'll move us one way or the other. And you know what that's going to take? It's old-fashioned fear of God. Not man, not me. But God. You see, we've lost that. If you listen to most, I could probably pull 90% of the sermons going to be preached this morning. There'll be little no judgment in them. They'll brag on everybody and tell everybody it's doing good and doing great and doing awesome and doing all this other stuff. Probably 50% of the congregations are committing adultery. And they probably end with bed with some of them. That's the reason I wouldn't preach against it either. If I was sleeping with two or three of you, I wouldn't preach against adultery. Man, that'd be the last thing I'd preach against. I don't know why I'm doing it. I'm telling you, we're blind, folks. We thought we can go out here on Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays and just do what we want to and just walk back in here and, and God's glory is just supposed to fall in the house and God's going to do this and God. Hey, God hadn't changed. We're certainly unchanging God. He's still in the miracle business. He's still in the healing business. He's still in the saving business. But I'll tell you something. He's not going to compromise for nobody. He can't afford to. Even David. Even David. Found so much mercy. He should have died. By the law. That's the reason the sure mercies of David. It's out of that lineage that Jesus Christ was coming. Huh. But you watch this. The sword was never taken from David's family from that time. Time after time. Man. It, it showed back up. Showed back up. So. Next, next topic. The next, If you read your lesson. Sickness and desolation. That's the part I'm talking about. The lack of the presence of God. He said, the cities are going to be like a wilderness. It's void. It's empty. I just wonder across our land today, our own nation, how many that gather together but the presence of God never shows up. And we really can't have church without the Holy Ghost. You can't, really can't have a move of God without the Holy Ghost. You can't. You can't. That's the bonding power. That's, that, that's what quickens us. That's what inspires us. That's what helps us. That's what we have come here for. We've come, amen, to hear His Word. We've come to feel His presence. We come, amen, and God, if there's something, I want you to, I want you to, God, preach to me. Stir me up. And so, as you watch this, 2 Corinthians 5 and 10, Paul's writings, and I'd love to took all of 2 Corinthians there for just a few minutes, but I can't. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive what the things done in his body. In his body. I'm so sick and tired of hearing people say, well, it's my body. I'll do what I want to. I beg the difference with you. You didn't create it. The God Almighty created it. And he created it for his glory and for his fellowship. And this body don't belong me. It's been bought with a price. And so I can't just do whatever I want to with this body. I can, amen. But there be a payday. What's that payday? Going? I'm going to be forever cast away from God and put into a lake of fire. Amen. And pay a price that I can never pay. Yeah. 
You'll never pay the price. According to that, he hath done this body. What have I let this body do? What have I let this body be involved in? What have I let this body, what have, what is, what's housing in this body? What's sitting on the throne of my heart, my mind, and spirit? Whether it be good or bad, that's in the Bible. Whether it be good or bad, everyone's going to sit before the throne. Seat. I can go to Job and we're going to go to Eli. Elihu, a man that spoke to Job here. Now he was one of the men, a man that comes along and sitting late, but, but listened. He says some very important things here. Job 33, if you want to mark it down. He said, for God speaketh once. Yea, twice. So what's, what, what is God trying, even with this pandemic, what's God trying to do? get to happen? What's, what's God's purpose in this? That's what I want to know. That's what I want to fulfill. I, I don't want to let fear get a hold of me and drive me in some closet somewhere. and some isolated. If, it's, if, if I'm going to be driven to a closet, it's going to be driven to a closet of prayer. It's going to be a driven to a place I, mean, I can get a hold of God. Amen. Because I'm not going to let the pandemic get a hold of me that I can become depressed and down and out and find a dark place and just want to die. No, I beg the difference. We're the light of the world. We're the city set on a hill. Hallelujah. If anybody can conquer this thing, it's the church. If anybody's going to overcome the devil, it's the church. If anybody's going to conquer lust and sin, it's going to be the church of the living God. And I'm not going to be driven in corners and backed up. I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to keep a good spirit, good attitude. But by the help of God, we're going to stand for God and stand for this word. Stand for his love and his mercy, folks. I'm telling you, our community needs to see a picture of Jesus Christ. A visual. Not just what somebody says. Can I say this? Lord, help me. God's tired of us telling him that, amen, I know to do better. I know I'm not doing all I ought to do. We're not careful. We're going to judge our own selves. It's in the Bible. Out of your own mouth, you judged yourself. Out of our own. We'll tell you something. Those governors, that president, they know better. They know better. They just want to be blinded. It's all about them. They're about to break this place. But they're not the ones doing the breaking. God is. God's getting her to a place. Not to destroy us. But that we might what? <laughs> that we might turn. That's what it's all about. That's where he sent this Micah. To Jerusalem. To the city of Samaria. That's where he sent a man. To get them to wake up and get them to realize and get stirred up. And so he sends a voice to them. Hey, we know God speaks to us. 
I mean, it may be out of a burning bush on the backside of a desert. Or it may be out of the, out of the heavens to a, a man called Jesus, thy son of God, I'm well pleased in. Or it could be a man that's on the road to Damascus and he smokes him down off his beast and speaks out of the heavens. Uh, Saul, Saul, why persecute us? Hey, our God can speak. Hey, I don't have to just be forced every time. I don't have to be beaten into it every time. Oh, God, give me an ear to hear you. And a heart to respond and obey you. Promise you. <laughs> a lot of people's worried about this pandemic driving you in places and loneliness and stuff like that. I'm going to tell you something. If you live for God, it's a lonely trail a lot of times. It won't be with the crowd. It won't be with the majority. If you think all of are going to agree with you, you're kidding yourself. Because everybody's not going to do it. And so, but to have him... To have Jesus Christ, to have the favor of God, to have the, the hand of God, have the assurance that when you lay your head in the pillar at night, amen, regardless of what else happens, amen, I'm all right with my maker. I'm all right. Hallelujah. Everything's going to be all right. So, so uh, as you watch these words, God speaketh once, yea, twice, yet man perceiveth it not. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep fall upon men, and slumberings upon the bed, then he openeth the ears of men. Amen. And sealeth their instructions. I'm telling you, God will talk to us when we lay on them bed. Hey, you're going to give yourself either to the devil and lust and the things of the world and your own passions, or you can give yourself, amen, to God. Amen. God can give us dreams and talk to us and, and, and to direct them. Listen to what he's telling him here. He said that he may withdraw man from his purpose. And hide pride from man. Pride's eating our lunch in America. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. Pride's eating our lunch in the churches if we're not careful. Hallelujah. And Lord have mercy on me right here. But 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 uh, I, I've been doing a little research, a little study, and I just happened to stumble upon something. And straighten was one of the terms. When I looked up the word straighten, amen, it, it led me to another word called drip. Yeah. Just like drip off the water. Roos and Drip icing on cake and all that. I said, well, wait a minute now, there's something. <laughs> so I kept looking. All of a sudden, you know what it showed me? Clothes. Tailored suits. I was like, oh my Lord. <laughs> You'd be shocked. Study it out, because I know you, I tell you, don't really, don't really, I'm not going to persuade you. Study it out. <laughs> You'd be shocked at the price that some, some preachers are paying for the suit they got on. $10,000 tailored made. I'm not preaching to be looking good. <laughs> I ain't preaching against that. Andrew come up to the farm. He asked me, I had a shirt on, a camouflage shirt. He asked me, he said, what kind of shirt is that? I said, I don't have a clue. He said, you don't know what kind of shirt that is? I said, no, I just put it on. I said, hey, the name of this shirt don't make me. I make the shirt, buddy. <laughs> he just laughed. You know, he took it good. 
I know I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with some stuff here, now, folks. <laughs> I tell you what the Bible, I tell you what our apostles say. Don't claim me in costly array. Costly array is in the New Testament. That's for you and I. Costly array where we spend more time and money, amen, on just garments and we don't worry about our hearts and we don't worry about our spirits and we don't worry about our, I tell you, we're headed in the wrong direction and judgment day is coming. You hear me? Judgment day is coming to the good old United States of America. Man, we've elevated them. we made them big stars and they're about Say, man, a feel with the devil, feel with lust, and all that, and we parade them around like they're a bunch of heroes. I'm just so aggravated that we're so blind. I'm just so heartbroken that we've let this, we've let it slip in on us. And he's got a toehold now. It's got a grip. And not just any church is going to conquer it. And not just any doctrine is going to defeat it. We're living in a generation that's so callous now. I believe God helped me with this. And I've been asking God, God help me. Peel the layers of callous off of my conscience. Because I'm telling you something, our conscience becomes so callous that nothing hardly moves us anymore. Oh, we'll get out and parade about stuff that while we dump our children in grass trash cans, while we abort a man the unborn by the thousands. We're there. But they don't want to hear that. They don't hear that. So God's trying to help us. Amen. What is he trying to do? He says, 18th verse. He keepeth back his soul from the pit. From the pit, ladies and gentlemen. That's what God's trying to do. Keep us out of the pit. Keep us out of that lake of fire. The Bible's very plain that uh, that the hell was created for the devil and his angels. He would create it for you and I. Amen. I'm gonna tell you something else, Lord. Now I'm, I'm, I'm gonna quit. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna move on. I, I can't handle so much of this, but anyway, he says he is chastened also with pain upon his bed, the multitude of his bones with strong pain, so that his life abhorreth bread, and his soul daineth meat. His flesh is consumed away, that he cannot be seen in his bones. Amen. They were not seen. They were sticking out. Amen. Yea, his soul draweth near unto the grave, and his life to the destroyers. Hey, it's coming. There's nothing you can do about it. this body's going to die, and it's going to have a certain amount of things we've got to deal with. But you know what? Amen. We can be assured of one thing. I can hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant on the other side. I never may not ever have my name in the light. I may not ever name Hey, Micah didn't either, folks. He come out as an old country boy. Hallelujah. Out of nowhere. Amen. You know what? God's still in the business of pulling people out of nowhere and setting them up. Amen. Because they got an ear to hear him. They're not in it. Amen. For the light. They're not in it. Amen. To find a position. They're in it. Amen. Because God's mercy has pulled them out of the clay. And God's gave them revelation. Thank God for his mercy. Amen. The delivering power of God has been working our lives and working our hearts. He's still working in Bendale, Mississippi. 
Praise God. The writer of the lesson carries us to King Belshazzar. When you go to Daniel's the fifth chapter, you know the story. He's the one that follows Nebuchadnezzar in here. Man, they're partying. They, they drinking the wine and with that great host. And, and we see where God, when they finally reached a point to take in those vessels. And they'd been kept all that time, but now he hasn't brought out. And they, they take those vessels and pour the wine and begin to drink the wine out of the vessels of God. Amen. And then here comes in Daniel's 5 and 6. Then the king's, because of the handwriting, was on the wall. And the judgment is going to be taken from him, even from that very night. But listen to what happens to the king here. In Daniel's 5 and 6, and the king's countenance was changed. Can I ask us something this morning? And I'm not, please, folks, please don't. I'm not trying to be harsh. But how long has it been since the word of God changed our countenance? And God smote us with his word. And it just, oh my. How long has this been? Since the reality check of God's word. How long has this been since in our service, the power of God. Amen. And I love to dance. I love to run. I love the emotional side of it. But if you think we can do all that, and that's what's going to sustain us when we go out other and face temptation, I beg the difference with you. I tell you what will, though, and that's the fear of the judgment of God and fearing God more than man. Fearing God more than the devil. Fearing God more than a small paycheck or whatever kind of paycheck. Fearing God, amen, more, amen, than anything, anything not to make, amen. Bible taught us, amen, don't make provision for the flesh. Man, don't make provision for it. Hallelujah. It's about better off, amen, to sacrifice and give your sacrifice, amen, to God and live for God. Amen. Make the pro- I wonder how many preachers sold out in the early days of this country. Hallelujah. Amen. Sold themselves. Watch this, this nation. You know why this nation became great? Because men was willing to sell everything they got. They sacrificed their lives. They sacrificed their farms. They sacrificed thousands and, and some of them even millions of dollars way back then. Hmm. That's what founded this country. It's no different. It's no different today. It's all about a sacrifice. And the willing. To sacrifice. The willingness to pay the price. The willingness to say. Oh I got to talk to God. Can I ask you something this morning? Has this pandemic. And I'm not asking for a response. Has this pandemic called you to pray. Any more than you've been praying? A lot of people talks about it. And a lot of people wants to talk about their praying while they drive down the road and while they do the dishes and while they do. That ain't the prayer God's looking for. That's part of it. That's good. Do it. How many of us drives down the road and we're making million dollar decisions? 
How many of us just drive down the road and while we occupy driving down the road doing all this other stuff, we're going to make the decision, okay, doctor, you can, you can cut my head off or not. Have you ever got into a conversation on the, driving down the road and you say, hey, hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute. I pull over and stop and say, well, I, I, I got to tune in on this. I got to listen, not gossip either. I'm talking about something. It's, you stopped everything, right? What y'all looking at me like? <laughs> Sometime God wants to stop everything. Okay. God, you got my undivided attention. Nothing else has got my attention. You. This is this is this has woke me up. This has stirred me. And I'm fixing to reach out and get a hold of you. I'm fixing to talk to you. See, that's what was having to happen here. That's what was having to take place here. (laughs) To the point that the king, the Bible said, it had shook him so bad that his knees smote it together. You know what caused that? The judgment of God. We can slip into the New Testament. and We can go into some of the greatest revivals. It's because the judgment of God hit the house of God. And they had two funerals on the same day just a few hours apart. But we're living in a country today that don't want to be judged about nothing. Just let me do what I want to do. Say what I want to say. Live like I want to live. That's the country. That's the world. And we got to be careful. Every idle word. The Bible goes even down to the place of what we think. Imagine pulling down imaginations. I'm telling you, the enemy's constantly trying to put stuff in your brain. Don't you ever think. Don't ever think that everything comes into your brain that it's from God. The enemy's doing his best. He wants to distract you. He wants to. I knew it's going to be different today. And so God sometimes steps in with sickness that interrupts our schedule. If his voice can't interrupt, and if his word can't interrupt, then God's always got a way because he loves us. All of a sudden, those things that were so important wasn't so important. Because the right sickness hits us, buddy. I had a gentleman come in at hardware store just this week. I won't give his name. Out of this community. He's battling with cancer. Been battling it for a while. With all it was within him, keep from breaking down. He said, You know, he said, I just took life for granted. Just, but not now. Every single day, 
is precious. Realizing. I wasn't as big as I thought I was. Doing this, going, doing that, doing, but not going to church. We'd be shocked at the people in this community that never, didn't, it never crossed their mind in the last six days to go to church this morning. Left their little babies. Gonna let the mercies of the world raise them up. The spirits of Hollywood. And then we wonder why are we battling some of the things we're battling with. God's judgment's coming. And God's judgment's upon us. You know why? He's trying to interrupt. He's trying to stop us. He's trying to stop some things. It flows. He's trying to get us to turn around. The writer simply puts it this way of the lesson. When sickness interrupts our schedule, we begin thinking more seriously. If our attitude had been frivolous or careless related to spiritual things, a sobering presence replaces all of that. With this newly open attitude, God is able to reach us more readily. Sometimes God allows things to happen so can get our attention. What about your babies? You hear them cry sometimes and you say, quit that fake crying. But if that crying all of a sudden reaches a certain pitch and you can tell by the, the sound of it and the actions of it, and especially if there's another sibling by and goes screaming out also, all of a sudden it doesn't matter what mama's doing. All of a sudden it doesn't matter what daddy's doing. All of a sudden, amen, you could be counting your billions, but all of a sudden because of the cry of your babies and the seriousness of that cry, you stop everything and put your soul attention, attention on nothing else but amen, them babies. We'll get the cry up. I'll tell you something. We've got a heavenly father that'll come to our rescue. And there's nothing he can't do for us. And he's merciful enough to do it. But you know what? We've got to make the cry. And sometimes it takes the judgment of God for us to ever get to the place to make the cry. Jonah! Jonah didn't want to go preach to him. He hated them Ninevites. He didn't want them to be saved. I'm going to go in a total opposite direction. I'm going to pay for the fare even. It may have cost twice that day, but it didn't matter to him. He was willing to pay it to go the opposite direction. You know, it's amazing to me sometimes. It's what some people are willing to pay because of rebellion. Because I'm going to be right at whatever cost. That's pride, folks. It's pride. But none of us is never going to be proven right against God. God's always right. We can, we, can, we can say whatever we want to about some of it. But so-and-so done this and so-and-so done that and this and done that. But God's been too, good, been too good to me. I'm going to come. I'm going to love him. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to do my best to serve him. Because he's been too good to me. I'm not going to let accusations. I'm going to let no devils. I'm not going to let individuals. No. I'm going to live for God. He's been too good. 
me ask us all something this morning. How many of you are living a far better life than you ever dreamed that you really get to live? Got more than you ever dreamed. Possessions. There ain't more than problems some of that. Sometimes those possessions can start possessing us. That's the problem with it. The book's full of it. Israel made that mistake time after time. James' writings in the New Testament, the pipe brother of Jesus, warns us. Has America been blessed? Overabundantly? But she's headed in what direction? What is she condoning? What's she celebrating? What she's elevating? Judgment's coming. It's coming. Now you and I've got to make up our own minds. I'm going to be saved. I'm going to keep the right spirit and the right attitude. But that was my neighbor that died. That was my own. I'm going to stay true to God. God's right. God's always right. You can't make your neighbor live for God. You can't even make your own kids. You can't make your own spouse. But you can do something about you. I'd love to tell you that God's just going to turn his head because, because your spouse or your loved one or your whatever. Amen. But he's not. We've got to just stay faithful. we just got to stay with it. We just got to depend on his mercy. Got to depend on that he's going to see us through. What time is it? I, I know it. I haven't even. Huh? Is it 12? Oh, I'm sorry. Let's stand. I'm sorry. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I'll try to get me a watch up here. I don't, I don't mean to be, you know, there is a limit. Um. God, to help us. We'll come back tonight. We're going to talk about maybe some more of this. And, uh, uh, if you haven't read your lesson, if you haven't read the book of Micah, please go, go read it. Study it out a little bit. You're going to see a lot of parallels, amen, of the government, of things that's happening, and the response of the people, and uh, things that's so, so to where we're at today. And, um, but the seventh chapter of this thing is going to get awesome. Okay, so, you know, if, if you did a little down and out, go read the seventh chapter. <laughs> Amen, because I'm telling you, it's powerful. We're going to talk about it some tonight. Amen, you know what? Because we got our confidence in Him. we got our confidence, Amen, our faith in Him and His mercy. His mercy, His mercy. That's the reason it's so important. Well, we'll try to preach it some tonight. My time's up. Love you, appreciate you. See you tonight, 5.30 prayer time. I'm at 6 o'clock service time. Love you, appreciate you. God bless you.